it's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip. All right, we're, re- we're recording now. Oh, are we? Okay. <laughs> thanks for the warning. Well, it's just in case something interesting okay, happened. Okay, thanks but, for the warning. But it's finish it so. We could, we could start at any time. Okay. All right, first off, we're recording a little bit early tonight because uh, we've Lord been doing... knows do- how long we'll live. <laughs> well, there's that. We've been doing a longer uh, show, and uh, sometimes the editing keeps me up till 1, 1.30. Mm. Um, 1, 1.30? Wow. 1, 1.30 in the morning. Uh, uh, uh. Yes. 2, 2.30 <laughs> in the morning. It's not really a problem. It's just that sometimes after I do stuff... Um, I don't know if you guys have this problem. Uh, sometimes I can't shut my brain off. Oh, big time. Yeah. You do that, Ed? Oh, yeah. Once you get a roll going, forget it. And and if that happens, sometimes I'll still be twiddling my you know, mental thumbs at three mm-hmm. in the morning. And I've, I don't even count the sheep now. I shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, Zip, but I, I take something sharp and stick it in my ear and kill the hamster on the wheel. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I was going to say hamster on the <laughs> yeah. wheel. Yeah. That's yeah. really what it's Zip, like. Do you, do you have trouble getting to sleep? Uh, I have never slept well, I think, in my life. When I was in high school, I slept all day huh. long. When people wanted you to get up and go to school, it was easy to sleep. <laughs> yeah. But I can't. So every, honestly, ever since I got up to do mornings, I, I never, ever have yeah. recovered. It's, it's, it's always intermittent. And now with yeah. the prostate friggin' Flomax City, I can't, you know, it's like five visits, you know. Note to the one younger listener we have. Who's <laughs> just punched out. When you get older, you have to pee more because this large gland located oh, in your ass. friggin' awful. Just gets, it just gets a little bigger like, like some old people's noses get bigger. Yeah. And it uh, pinches off your bladder or your urethra or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that if it seems like old people have to pee like pregnant women, that's why. So, all right, well, that's the icebreaker. So we have a lot going on tonight. Let me give, and by the way, I think I did more prep for tonight than I've ever done before. And Ed made the mistake of asking me, can you send me some of the topics? <laughs> yes. Which is how real shows actually work. Right. And uh, and I, oh, I I looked at what I sent you guys, and I just bombarded with you. I bombarded you with all this stuff, and I'm sure Zip glanced at it. <laughs> I'm uh, looking per- at it as we speak. You perused yes. it. Yeah. Don't <laughs> actually. Then I thought, oh, I want to surprise them with these topics, so you don't look at it, Zip. I'm right. sort of counting s- on you not looking at. Hold it. Hold on. When did you send it to? Me? Don't <laughs> I love that? <laughs> was it a text? It was a text. It was actually an, so I tried to send it in an email, and my um, phone kept crashing because wow. it was too much information, which should have been my like my cue hmm. to but, give up. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, we'll start with the meme of the week. We've also got a thing I want to talk about tonight that blew my mind called the fundamental attribution error. Uh, hmm. Have our, either of you ever heard that phrase? Never in my life. I have not. I have. Thank you, Zip. I'm going to. I know you're busy no, reading. Just... You're catching up on your reading. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, getting my TV dinner tray. All right. And uh... um, there are two places that I know of, and there are more, but there are two places that I know of that almost completely escaped COVID. We'll talk about those. And uh, a restaurant tells its story of surviving the pandemic. 
We're also going to speak to an amazing gentleman tonight named Chuck Opperman. Do you guys both know him or do either of you know him? You mentioned him last time, that he would be coming on, and that he had spent the entire day with Bill Shatner. But then you sent me some more information on him today, and I'm even more impressed. With yeah, Chuck, uh, Chuck is... I don't give it all away now because I want to, uh, you know, make him feel good when he's listening. But he's mm. a super high bandwidth tech guy who is uh, doing a very important job right now. But he also called me a couple of weeks ago and said he was going to William Shatner's 90th birthday party. <laughs> uh, the party was being held in Ticonderoga, New York, and so I. Um, I was very excited uh, to talk to him about it, and, and he stayed at our house on the way there. No kidding. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I should say on the way back. So I got some of the stories, and I said, oh, you have to come on the podcast. And it's not you don't have to be a Star Trek fan uh, to dig this because it's just funny. Good. A 90-year-old guy. Wow. So uh, did he uh, kife a uh, fribble? To, so, to go on your wall of fame? What? You've seen one Star Trek episode, haven't you? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> what okay. is Kaifa Fribble? Well, a Tribble. Did he, a, a, a tribble. Was it Tribble or Fribble? Uh, it was a Tribble, but that's okay. Oh, Tribble. A Fribble okay. is a cross between a Tribble and that drink you get at 7-Eleven. Right. Oh, friendly. So you brain right. freeze right. yourself. Oh, Jesus, God. Right. Anyway, he'll be on with us. And then... Um, I guess we'll start with this COVID stuff, because I think it's really interesting, but I also think we can go quick on it. Okay. There's a huge shift going on now in how we're talking about convincing or requiring people to get vaccinated. Yeah. You want to work? <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Uh, and it's still being worked out, but I think it's going to be very successful. I hope so. Uh, well, so this, for the same reason we didn't care that 600,000 people died, we are going to care that everybody gets vaccinated. And you know what that reason is? Commerce. The economy, stupid. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Actually, we're very smart to say that. So um, with this Delta variant, which is, I, I'm going to exaggerate, but it's a gazillion times more transmissible. Mm-hmm. They say it's more transmissible than anything, e even the chickenpox, which is the most transmissible virus ever. It's like that. It's also, and they won't say that. Remember, they wouldn't say it was airborne. Yeah. And they said, remember, they wouldn't say you needed a mask. Mm -hmm. Now they're saying you don't need a booster shot. Yeah, isn't that weird the way they did it? Kind yeah, of let's do a Sesame that. Street song about what all these things have in common. Can you sing okay. that for me, Ed? Sure. Um, why are there so many reversals by the World <laughs> Health Organization? And the CDC. And the CDC. Complete reversals are coming your way on everything they say. Mm. So, uh, today it was announced... And I hate the CDC and the World Health Organization. And they when speak I say so hate, highly of you, Bob. Well, I mean it in a commentator sort of a way. I don't. Yes, I, I don't know. actually hate anybody, no. but um, but I don't trust them. And it's all BS and PR and politics. And the World Health Organization today actually came out and said, 
we want to not give people booster shots because we, we want won't... to not give Thank people you. booster shots. Do you know the rest of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you two guys work and I'm retired and all I do is think about things to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> and then here's the problem. I don't have that kind of brain that rem- I remember stories, but I don't yes. remember facts. Yes. So I have to look it up. Uh, the, the World Health Organization says no booster shots Essentially because they want to save all the vaccines for third world, third world countries. countries. That I did read, yeah. And, and they say a, boost, a booster moratorium until the end of September. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Try to remember that kind of September when you had shots and poor people didn't. Anyway. So what is a booster shot, by the way? Uh, as far as I know, there isn't technically a booster shot. What there has been, and Israel's doing this, is giving people a third shot of Pfizer, and it seems to uh, bring up their immunity against this, you know, new Delta variant. And then the Pfizer stock splits, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the general director of WHO, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, I actually said that right. <laughs> Who would know? Yes, uh, made his appeal to wealthier countries that have far outpaced the developing world in numbers of vaccinations. Now, I'm torn. What do you think about this? I think it's I think it's selfless, and I think it's, I think it's a worldview as opposed to myopia. Uh, so you're for it? Yeah. So you're for us watching doses go bad. See, here's the thing. It's like when my parents used to say, finish your peas. There's starving children in China. <laughs> we can't get the peas to I would go like, are you mailing these peas to China? <laughs> you pragmatist, you. <laughs> uh-huh. So, oh, Because here's that. the thing. I, I totally agree with the worldview that, by the way, not just now— Mm-hmm. That we from the beginning should have recognized. Should have. Yeah. We're all brothers and sisters on this planet, and all viruses mutate. Mm-hmm. And as long as there's a petri dish out there, this virus can keep coming back, like that actress in the Fatal Attraction movie. Is that Glenn Close? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I won't be ignored. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And and here's the thing. This is not this is not something we just found out now. No. This is something that's been known really since the beginning. And all we're doing is reacting and saying, you know, let's uh, richer countries have administered a hundred doses of coronavirus vaccines for every hundred people on average, but low income countries only have one point five doses per one hundred people. And they got the people in Missouri going, I ain't getting no vaccine. Get right. that away from me. And we got idiots. Give me that, that pecan log. Yeah. This is Louisiana, damn it. We can do what we want. Well, we'll get to that. But so here's what I think. I think as soon as I get mine, I'm going to agree with the who completely. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, making us wait. Uh, just manufacture the crap out of these things and give them to everybody, right? Well, if we've scaled up, we can do it. 
But yeah, should there be a sacrifice here? If we're wasting some, yes. If we're wasting some. Yes, and we are. There are, there are doses expiring in America. Yes, yes, yes. Send those plates of peas to the children <laughs> no, who no. them in the third world no. countries. Can I tell you what I'm thinking of doing? No, I better not. Go, go ahead. Out with it. I want the third shot. Yeah, of course you do. Why would you? Because I? self-preservation is what's really going on today. I, I heard it in a song. Hmm. So, and here's why I could rationalize it. Okay. If I go to a walk-in clinic mm-hmm. and pretend I'm a homeless person, which really I just have to pick the worst T-shirt out of my closet. It's not that hard. <laughs> I, that's why I gave you a new one for your birthday, right. Bob. <laughs> They're going to say, we're so glad you're getting vaccinated. Yeah. And, and I would get that shot. I know I'm not keeping a – here's the thing. I couldn't keep a vaccine from – like when they were first coming out, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to cut in line. Because I couldn't keep a vaccine for someone who needs it more. Right. But Although I did cut a friend in line. Oh, you did? Yeah, because they were available to city residents first. And my, my friend Greg said, hey, Ed, old buddy, old pal. They <laughs> Am say, I your roommate for a half hour? <laughs> yes, you are. He said, I understand that you can't drive anymore. Wow. <laughs> said, they say that if somebody's driving you, they, they can get it too. And I said, well. Oh, yeah, there know. was some of that going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I technically, I didn't jump the line. I got in a week, a week earlier because of my Lyme disease diagnosis, which it, research you. says that right. it weakens yeah. your immune system. Right. But it's not like I had a weakened immune system for, like a transplant patient. No, but know. you're immunocompromised, technically and literally. I actually I actually called the vaccine center to ask, do I qualify? Mm-hmm. And the woman basically said, you, you want it, you have that, absolutely, come right down. And so I made an appointment, but... Bob Rivers, come on <laughs> down! Yeah. But I mean, I wanted the vaccine ASAP. So I want the third booster shot ASAP mm-hmm. too. Now here's the question. Am I violating anything? I'd like, I would buy it. What can it cost? Oh, <laughs> the pharmaceutical but, companies, are but, you serious? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. do you know a guy who'll meet me uh, in the back of his van in Walmart? I know a guy. Well, I know guys that'll show up with syringes that won't have what you want. That's true. It'll be phony stuff. Yeah. So anyway, right All now, right. The, right now, you got Israel administering these third doses to people over 60 to help their immune systems. And you've got the U.S. once again having no idea what it's doing. <laughs> Didn't I hear somewhere that it's too soon in the application of the vaccine to get hardcore data to really extrapolate whether or not you need the booster shots? Didn't I hear that somewhere? Well, that the the general uh, and I haven't heard a specific report about that, but the general statement that can be made is that there's not enough data points to know a lot of things for sure. Right. We're right. not far enough out yet. Yeah. And, and, and when it's all over, we'll have excellent information yeah, about great. The, the rearview mirror <laughs> pandemic of the past. Um, what I uh, have seen is some data that says that uh, people who've had third shots, the immunity goes bounces right back up. And um, since I already know that I don't get a side effect from Pfizer, 
I'm you know. Now, they haven't started testing people who are vaccinated to see if they're asymptomatic car- uh, carriers, correct? There's almost no asymptomatic uh, carriers being found as a part of routine. That would involve massively testing, testing. lots of people. Yeah. 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 And we're not. Uh, so anyway, that's one of the things. The other uh, aspect of this is requiring vaccines. And if you remember, um, conservative right-wing press basically said liberals want the government to jam a needle in your arm you cannot be forced and they kept saying it like someone was trying to force it Mm -hmm. which no one ever was no there was never that's like they're coming to get your guns have you seen the liberal vans driving around to get the guns during the obama administration (laughs) i never saw them but but that's okay that's how politics works just Mm -hmm. like you know you you make the other side afraid uh, that something's, you know, you make your yeah. side afraid that the other side's going to... You vilify somebody. You vilify. Thank you. So here's how it's playing out. The vac- Everyone's going to get vaccinated. No. Because no, everyone's going to get vaccinated. Pretty much everyone. And I'll tell you how it's going to work. All right. Do tell. And I'll tell you how the Republicans are going to get behind it. Uh, and I'm stealing some of this from a podcast I, I love, by the way, because it's That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Instead of a government mandate, capitalism says that employers get to decide whatever they want. That's true. Because corporations are people. That's true, too. And one by one, and you've noticed it, corporations are now requiring. Walmart, the biggie. Yeah. Yeah. Where we work, Cumulus Broadcasting... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was given out a prize. <laughs> if you're vaccinated, you would enter and maybe win something. Candy-coated popcorn, so peanuts, and a prize. Yes. But the <laughs> state but, of Massachusetts. But, but yeah. that doesn't work. I, I'm a big fan of the stick over the carrot. <laughs> and here's what's going to work. And I've been listening to the evolving debate on this. What's going to work is work. Yeah. You need a vaccine to work. Need a vaccine to go to a concert. Need a vaccine to go anywhere where there's a lot of people. And why it's not the government telling you is it's private enterprise managing their risk. Won't that have more impact once we pull the unemployment teat from the nation's (laughs) mouth? Uh, That's September, uh, if you're talking about that. Um, Yes. You wordsmith, you. Yeah. Uh, I have mixed feelings about that. I do think there's certainly some people that are staying home because they're getting that extra unemployment. These would be the lowest paid people. But I also... Seriously, I hear stories from clients all the time about how they can't find help. It's not just restaurants. It's everything. It's true. Hey, in in Springfield, Vermont, I went to McDonald's the other day. Broke down, got a chicken sandwich, not beef. <laughs> and um, they have an ad, $14 an hour in Springfield, Vermont. I went by a KFC where they were offering a $1,500 signing bonus. Wow. I, I thought it was the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> the National Fried Food League. <laughs> Who gets a signing bonus to work at a fast food restaurant? He came out of the kitchen with grease at 375 degrees. So, uh, so I th- and by the way, I've been listening to conservative commentators 
do yeah, their too. tap dance about this. Yeah. And they're okay with private companies requiring it. And then when asked about school teachers, it's like, oh, that'd be the government jamming it in your arm. But then mm. upon thought, well, that's your employer. It's not the government requiring that you have it. It's your employer making an employee, an employee safety decision. You see where the distinction arises? Mm -hmm. And so once that, and by the way, the other suggestion was the right way for the right wing to pivot on this is to call it the Trump vaccine <laughs> and say, see, Biden screwed it up. Trump did a great job. Yeah. Now get ready to show Trump you love him. Roll up your sleeves for Trump. <laughs> I'm telling you, with the attention span of this country, that's going to win yeah. him back the, uh, you know, the Senate and the House in uh, 2022. And I'm Trump will ride to glory to come and save us from the horrible Biden vaccine rollout. <laughs> Sadly, that's are, probably Are you true. laughing painfully or are you laughing because yeah, it's so painfully, joyous? painfully, I think. Yeah. But why wouldn't it work? It just may. All right. Anyway, that's the vaccine. I think the whole vaccine thing is being solved right now. It's a job requirement. Uh, there's another Time aspect deal. to this that it's very easy to fake the vaccine card. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. But here's the problem. The FBI just announced it's a federal crime. Whoops. That's you want a $10,000 fine if you get caught? That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. This is the same uh, tactic the record companies employed on Napster. <laughs> Throw them in jail. Right. Uh, so, uh, so I think it'll actually, uh, I think it'll happen. And it has to because the unspoken, there's short, medium, and long-term aspects to this virus. Now, the mm -hmm. short term is whatever it looks like this week is what we should do. All things are quiet. Let's open up all the restaurants and hug each other. <laughs> and the medium term is the forecast, you know, you're... 10-day COVID forecast where your weekend in the hospital is already in view. And then the long term is this. What if this virus mutated into one of the horrible viruses like uh, Ebola, SARS, one of the ones that kills a third of the people who get it? Yeah. And evaded all our vaccines. Okay, that was really lift up for the show. <laughs> So fun, isn't it? Well, wow, uh, you you are you have a future as a professional wet blanket. <laughs> yes. Well, those are all in I mean those things are actually Oh, I know. They're within the realm of possible. possibility. I mean, yeah. the whole human race could be wiped out. But it's out of my 10-day forecast. I can't see that. So <laughs> Can we stop it at the Mason Dixon line? <laughs> uh, why did New Zealand and Vermont almost completely escape COVID? Have you seen the numbers for New Zealand? They're like next to nothing, right? Uh, yeah, New Zealand, uh, let's see. Total... They went into massive lockdown, did they not? I yeah, mean, early. They, like completely. Yeah. Massive uh, and l severe testing. Total cases in New Zealand, 2,877. Total deaths, 26. Out of how many? What's the population? What is the population of New Zealand? It's not that high. It's there. not as much as the U.S., but not as little as you think. I'll look that up easy. New Zealand. NZ. 
I could do that. I'm thinking of moving to New Zealand. Uh, okay, <laughs> New Zealand is uh, less people than I thought. Five million people. Yeah, four point nine. So, uh, and we have three hundred and thirty. So you have to. So if you multiply the deaths times ten, that's fifty. Multiply it times six point five. So take twenty six deaths times six point five, and you'll have the per capita equivalent of the United States. Good lord. Twenty six times six point five. Who can do that in their head? If Chuck Opperman was on, he could do it right now. <laughs> That's Chuck. <laughs> Chuck, you probably. Chuck could just blurt out the answer as I'm yeah. grabbing my calculator. Yeah. Twenty six times. 6.5. I might even... 169. So the equivalent death toll to our 630,000 people in New Zealand is 169. Jeez. Wow. And I'm proud to be an American. American. Well, at least yeah, I not know so much. I'm free. Okay. But at least our stock market is doing well. Okay. That's <laughs> the ultimate arbiter. All right. I wanted to bring some. I, I'm going to bring Chuck on, even though we're not going to talk about Captain Kirk yet. Bring Chuck on because Chuck I think he, he'd be great for this discussion. And I see that he's there. Uh, Chuck Opperman in. Uh, uh, how do you say the name of your town? Dunedin. Dunedin, Florida. It sounds like a Lord of the Rings community. You know, it sounds <laughs> like actually. Meantime. Yeah. And the tie-in to there is there's another Dunedin, and it's in New Zealand. No kidding. No, yeah, sister city? No, I'm not kidding. Uh, yes, they are. Come and on. we also have a sister city in uh, Scotland. We have a like strong Scottish heritage around here. Welcome to Dunedin. Yeah. You're Dunedin anything. Well, now, I appreciate the, the nice thinking that I could do all that math in my head. Actually, I cannot. I'm, I'm really horrible at that kind of stuff. My son's excellent at it. But I will tell you that, Dene- uh, that New Zealand was the first nation in the world to offer all women the right to vote. No in, kidding. In 1893. Wow. Early adopters. And they let them own property and drive, too, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> Great tracts of land. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, welcome, Chuck. So we got a couple of things that I, I wanted you in here for these things anyway before we get to uh, William Shatner. Have you ever heard of the fundamental attribution error? Yes, I love this. You do? Yeah. Love this. Zip, have you heard of it? I have not. Okay. Ed? Um, no. Okay. I had <laughs> never heard of it before today. And I read it in some commentary piece. And it was an analysis of what it means. But then I went to look. This is one of those things where the analysis was like, this is the key to everything. This is the secret to understanding people. And it's also a tremendous tool for empathy. Oh, I can't wait to tell the whole world about this and change the world. This is how I am when I first get a great idea. I'd love to change the world. Uh, And then I went to look it up and read about it. And nothing explained it the way this little meme did. And so I thought, oh, that's hard to explain. If I had read a longer definition, I would have a hard time. So... Uh, let me tell you what I think it is, then Chuck can tell you, a- and then think about it. The fundamental attribution error explained in this way. When we are judging other people, we judge them by their actions. 
But when we judge ourselves, we judge ourselves by our intent. Hmm. It's called the fundamental attribution error. For example, you can apply it to politics. Uh, you can apply it to almost anything, but let's do politics because it's easy. When, you know, we judge a political party, uh, we judge the people who think of How could they possibly do that? How can they think like that? We aren't really actually thinking about their intent. So, for example, uh, a conservative might say, they want to take away our rights, they're taking away our guns. Whereas the liberals' intent is, we just like less people bleeding on the streets. Or <laughs> <laughs> to right? at least write your name down when you buy the gun. Yeah. yeah. Now, but it goes the other way, too. So when, um, uh, let's, say, let's say, conservative groups want to close our borders and make sure that illegals aren't getting in, they are worried about uh, following our rules, following our laws, and they're worried about uh, protecting our economy and protecting our jobs. But we think they're bigoted against people of other races and they don't care about poor people. You see what I'm saying? So, in other words, we don't understand their intent, but we disprove of their actions. This works on my wife, too. <laughs> if she's giving me a hard time about something... Yeah. And why shouldn't she? Why shouldn't she? Um, I I'll just think she's being mean. But she generally has... In other words, whatever you dislike about somebody... Yeah. Give them the benefit of the doubt and try to understand their intent. Yes, All, which is usually yeah. altruistic. All right, Chuck, yeah. uh, uh, am I close? Oh, I think you're right on. It's, it's amazing because when we, you know, it's like, I think you mentioned this last week in, in the podcast last week where you talked about you wanted to get dressed up. Uh, when you're going out to dinner and I think it was when you and I were going out to dinner okay but that you didn't choose the the right outfit so you had the right intent but your action didn't reflect your intent mm. uh, that you picked something else and so I'm going to judge you on your appearance on your action and you're going to judge yourself on what you wanted to do you're sure say, well I, yeah. I tried I, I, I tried but yeah. from my point of view it's like yeah he looked like a slob not not you didn't obviously <laughs> look I, I, I'll happily own that <laughs> all the things you could say that one's fine especially you know because we're here in Hooterville Vermont and no one really but, but the I dress code is please not be naked and we're happy to see a custom <laughs> but I think it works internally as well we we you know we evaluate ourselves how we think of our own you know what we want to do it's like yeah. i wanted to get up and run three miles this morning yes you had and, an amazing uh, intent yeah we have a great intent and so really, i'm an athlete yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i didn't get up and run this morning because right, it was yeah. pouring down rain here in right. florida and so but it, you know i feel good about myself because i i i wanted to and 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 everyone else and our my body in this case is going to say, well, what your mind thinks doesn't really matter. It's actually getting out and running and doing the right things and you know and being healthy. And it, I think that is our, it's a really fundamental thing because we're basically giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's not really the actual. And, and and what it what this implies, the fundamental attribution error, 
is that we should judge other people the same way we judge ourselves and give them more of the benefit of the doubt. For example, and I kept, I kept thinking about it in terms of politics today because that's where a lot of our angst has been. Mm-hmm. And I have several very conservative friends who are really wonderful people. And I had been thinking, I think incorrectly, well, they're so wonderful in real life. <laughs> in real life? In real life. Like they treat each other nice. They care about kids and families. They hold and, doors for yeah. women. <laughs> then why are they associated you know, with um, all these somewhat evil extremists? And, and by the way, I don't think those things are necessarily policy. They're just... Well, there's one guy. I forget his name right now. He was president for a little while. I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, never Does mind. anybody no. remember that guy? No. This former social media influencer? <laughs> yes, that's right. Former. <laughs> wow, that's good. A former influencer. But anyway, you, you know what I mean? It's like, how could they associate with a, you know, three-time adulterer? Um, it, it, like, how could fundamentalist Christians go, this is our guy? And... First off, their intent is to protect all the laws they think are essential to their agenda. Their intent right. is, you know, t- to protect all of the things they value, whether you agree with them or not. Mm-hmm. And so, they're judging themselves by their intent, not by what comes out of the big orange mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and. And when it comes to like fundamental values like uh, small government and um, you know freedom, I agree with them. <laughs> I agree with no. almost all the conservative principles. Yes. I just don't agree with like the way their actions are yeah. on a lot of stuff. And, and liberals. And by the way, when it comes to liberals, exactly. uh, the you know the actions of spend like crazy, have no way to pay for it. That applies to both parties now. It used to mostly just apply to liberals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm against that. I'm, you know, my principles lean way more conservative. It's just that there isn't a party that actually acts that way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Yet. So anyway, I found that uh, very. You know, I'll, I'll give you another one though yeah. that's uh, closely related. And how you can always judge a, and if, if we're going to be judgy, uh, <laughs> a person's intent. And whether they're a good person or a bad person mm-hmm. is the shopping cart theory. Have you heard of this? No. So you go to a supermarket. You um, you get a shopping cart. You fill it with stuff. You bring the shopping cart out to your car. You put the transfer of the items from the shopping cart into your car. What do you do with the shopping cart? I walk it over to the part place where all the shopping carts go if I'm feeling good that day about being a team player. <laughs> if I'm not feeling good about being a team player... Uh, what I say to myself is, some guy's making seven dollars an hour, and if I put all the shopping carts away, he won't have a job. Yes, he will. <laughs> <laughs> so putting the shopping cart away does no benefit to you. None There's whatsoever. No. None to you whatsoever. It is your uh, gift back to society to pre- maybe prevent uh, a uh, not accidents, dings, right, and things right. like that. But that's how you can judge it. People who don't return the shopping carts, who don't put them away, um, you know, that not good people. And this this actually took Twitter by storm a year or so ago, and it was kind of amazing to see. Yeah. And, and it's a fun a parlor game to play. It's like, it's do great. you return the shopping cart? And people I thought I had high remarks, so it's like, well, I do it sometimes. But most of the time I don't because... 
you know, it's it, like you. There's someone. It's somebody's job to do this. Yes. And if everyone feels that way, then we then we don't bother picking well, then up the trash. Well, we hire even more pimply faced yeah. kids to do it. <laughs> quick, well, quick. Yeah. throw our trash on the floor because there's somebody whose job it is to pick quick. that up. Well, that trash question, is though, different from the shopping cart. If you hike yeah. the wheels, two of the wheels up onto a berm that has soil on it or mulch, and it keeps it from rolling into someone else's car, do you get a B instead uh, of an A minus? Uh, I'd give you a C. Yeah. A C, a C plus yeah. on a good day. All right, before we get to uh, William Shatner's birthday, uh, meme of the week. It's a new feature we're going to do. I've, I like it. I read one a couple of weeks ago, and I had so much fun with it. I actually butchered it. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise But everybody me? laughed. So uh, I, I found the actual meme, the one that got this started, uh, was when Jeff Bezos took off into space. A guy named Will Nonan posted... My dad got to watch Armstrong walk on the moon. I get to watch the guy who killed bookstores ride a dick into space. That's my my favorite meme. Uh, Now, I've got one today. Zip, do you have one? I don't. Okay. Well, I got one for you. Thank you. I wrote one. You got one? I wrote one. Okay. Let me do this one first. Uh, This totally took me by storm. How does a hippie polygamist count his wives <laughs> a hippie polygamist a hippie polygamist yes the envelope please isn't that redundant how does a hippie polygamist count his wives you ready yeah one mrs hippie two mrs hippie <laughs> three mrs hippie oh, my I'm writing this down. I'm recycling I, I, that. I, I said I'm printing that out, and we're going to do this every week. Right. I think that works better in print form. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. All right. Uh, and here was the here was the Trump meme that I I, I applied to that uh, theory. Uh, what was it called again? Fundamental attribution error. Uh, the guy who cheated on wife number one with wife number two who got pregnant while he was still married to number one and cheated on wife number two with wife number three and cheated on wife number three with a porn star enjoys the complete and unwavering support of conservative evangelicals for his family values. Yeah, I saw that one too. <laughs> Again, we're talking actions versus intent. And Christ hung out with hookers. Yeah. He intends to make America great. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me uh, give an official welcome to Chuck Opperman. Chuck, to longtime listeners of the Bob River Show, may be familiar as a pilot who uh, created this event called Flight Across America after 9-11 to celebrate uh, the resumption of the ability for private pilots to fly. He flew, did you fly to every single of the 50 states? Yeah, we had uh, representatives from uh, every state of the union and um, Puerto Rico and District of Columbia. Yeah, so he's a lot like that guy uh, who landed, uh, you know, who flew across the ocean. What was his name again? Uh, Lindbergh. Lindbergh. And actually, that's we had who. his grandson Charles, Charles do a few events with us. Yeah, his grandson wow. was actually part of your your thing. And Lindbergh landed here in Springfield, Vermont, too. Lucky Lindy. In in addition to that, Chuck is a successful tech executive survivor of uh, very difficult uh, personal experiences, which are in a book, so we'll tell you how you can read about them. Cool. He's ex-Microsoft. I believe he wrote some code that's in Windows 95. Any of you still cool. using Windows 95? It's in Windows 11 now, too. Oh, is it really? Okay, your code. Oh, yeah. uh, he worked at Amazon. 
And now he's fighting to keep the world safe from hackers at a leading antivirus company called Malwarebytes. Did I pronounce it right this time? That, yeah, that's correct. It's one word. And yeah. that's the intent. But it's also the action as well. So yeah. I guess I get double credit. Um, if that wasn't enough, <laughs> he told me a few weeks back that he was heading to Ticonderoga, New York, to be at William Shatner's 90th birthday party. Damn. As his personal guest who paid thousands of dollars for the privilege. Should, is that fair to add? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Uh, hey, you know, friendship, uh, companionship. What do you call that when you pay for it? Anyway, uh, you went to William Shatner's 90th birthday party. Yeah, and that was a great time. And okay. one of the best things about it is that afterwards, I got to hop over to Vermont and see my good friend, Bob Rivers, mm. in his palatial estate in Springfield. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shack on a hill. I'm going to say, I wouldn't call it palatial. <laughs> it's nice. Again, it's an intent versus action. Yeah, yeah. It's a, <laughs> it intends to be palatial. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really great to see you. And I couldn't believe you were actually coming to Vermont. But then when I found out you were coming to see William Shatner and I was on the way, it made sense. Um, <laughs> so let's start first off with William Shatner is 90. 90. It's amazing. If you had, he doesn't look a day over seventy. That's pretty good. If you had, a, you know, if when we were younger, you had looked at the cast of the Enterprise and said, "Which one's going to live to be 90? My money would have been on Spock. Me too. Nah. But yeah. uh, but he is ninety, and um, and it's a big deal. And he's still, from everything Chuck told me, he's still vibrant and uh, really sharp as a tack. He is. He's 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 vital. You know, he's he's got a spring in his step. His mind is sharp. Now, mind you, this guy has been in the public eye for 60 years. Right. Now. Yeah. You know, he's you know, he's been a performer for probably 70 years. Wow. You know, he's an entertainer. And so, you know, so he's that way. He's an entertainer. And that's you, what he there is. are times where he's, you and are realize, you saying he's on all the time? I, I, yes, he is on all the time, but he does it so well. He's engaging. He does. Like if I pick a couple quarts of blueberries, I got to go lay down for a while because I'm 65. (laughs) It's funny. You should say that. So I want to give the background to this because the idea was this was going to be a three day event in Ticonderoga. They have, um, there's this wonderful guy up there, James Colley. He's he's created the Star Trek original series set tour. Now wow. it's not just a recreation of the bridge or the transport. No, it actually flies. Uh, Joe, uh, no. you, you guys went to Mars and came back, right? <laughs> yes, and, uh, it, it felt that way at times. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a recreation of the Stage Nine at Desilu Studios way back in the '60s, yeah. and and of all the sets in. And how by the way, they anybody can go then. even when it's not uh, Captain Kirk's birthday. You yeah. can just go to Ticonderoga, New York, and see this, and Very go cool. through it all. It's okay. also somewhat of a museum for for props from the original series and all right. that. It's really, really cool. But let's and get so, back to your close personal friendship with William Shatner, please. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you know the whole idea was is it was going to be three friends 
joining and myself joining together friends for that we would watch star trek from the the late 70s and early 80s and we were really close and we said to ourselves well let's do this we're going to go up there and then we're like well he's 90 what happens if uh he kind of doesn't make it to the event sure uh and things like that that was a concern and we Hmm. ultimately decided we're going to go anyway because we wanted to be together and things like that so those were concerns and he we saw him friday night we saw him on saturday he was you know you saw him for three days or two days yeah yeah, three days total. Three days, and uh, how many that, hours a day did he hang? Um, well, he was entertaining other folks at times, but he did a lecture series. We had a dinner with him. He was working. There was all sorts Damn. of stuff. He was working. Yeah, he, he got it. Now, it, the, the main event for myself and another friend of mine, Peter, it was a VIP tour from him, a personal tour with just a small group, about 20 people, of him leading us through the various sets, sitting down, talking, and it was going to be about two hours altogether, and that was going to happen Sunday morning. And um, and we're in line, ready to go in at, on Sunday morning. And uh, he comes out of, of the building, and he's got a personal security guard, and you know a couple of volunteers are hustling him around to the side of the building. Uh-oh. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-huh. something's up. And I uh, said to my friend Peter, I said, I wonder if, he's, if this is the weekend has kind of caught up to him, you know, because he's been going uh, the whole time. And, um, and finally, someone came up and says, yeah, no, everything's cool, and, but uh, come on inside and get set. And so the, the guy who runs the place announced to us that he had a, a Denny Crane moment where he, he needed to <laughs> sit down, have a coffee and a cigar at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning to get ready to go on for the day. Let me guess, Zip, you know who Denny Crane is more than you know Captain Kirk. He was great in that role. That was a terrific show. Boston Legal. Fabulous show. Right, yeah. It was a great character, and by all accounts, he created that character. The the uh, I'm, I'm, uh, David Kelly, who's the who's the guy who came up with that show? Um, I believe you're right, David Kelly and Ali Ali McBeal and all that. He yeah. uh, Shatner explained that that guy, that creator came to him and said, you know, we want to do this guy, and we kind of have you in mind, but we really don't know where it goes. And and Shatner created the character. Yeah, um, of course. And you know, so I couldn't Denny imagine Crane. having yeah. Denny Crane. You know, <laughs> and he always referenced himself in the third person and things like. that. Yeah. And, and and Shatner has this personality, and it's it's it really is his personality. But where where it starts and stops is amazing. And you're going talking about, going back about Spock. At one point, where he's showing us around sick bay, and he's telling some stories, and he gets really quiet at one point, and he talks about um, addiction, and he said, you know, he says, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Leonard Nimoy was an alcoholic. No, you know he had I he had various that. addictions, you know, yeah. and I knew yeah. that Nimoy was a was a like four pack a day smoker, you know, and who I think died of lung cancer or at least had yeah. lung cancer yeah. and COPD. If I'd have known that, um, I wouldn't have bet on him over Shatner, right? Yeah. And um, you know, so but I had no idea he was an alcoholic, and he explained that you know one of William Shatner's wives was. Um, Oh, had substance abuse. One of his wives was problems. an alcoholic who died yeah, in a swimming pool. Right? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. He talked about that? He actually... Yes. Oh, he, he, he got very quiet and started talking about it. And wow. and he said, you know, uh, Leonard came to me before we got married and said, you know, Bill, she's an addict. And, it takes one to you know, know one is what he was exactly. saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's how he presented it. And, and Bill said, yeah, I know, but I love her. And he went on to explain that he felt that, you know, love his love that he could put into her would would get them through that and mm. it was you know one of a painful experience for him to realize that that's not the case you know you can't one person cannot fix the other person yeah. my and, wife would tell him that fear works better than love 
<laughs> yeah, and that, and so you it, know, it was I was an alcoholic too, right? Yeah, so, and, uh, and I still and, you know, am but, actually. And and you're actually, Bob, I, uh, having observed you now coming on almost twenty years, is it's amazing how you give that back, uh, and not through intent, but actual action, and that and something that's always impressed me about you, um, and, and the company you keep. Uh, you know, but to listen to him, Shatner talk about this was good, and then he followed it right up with this other story. Now we all know uh, DeForest Kelly played the doctor. He played mm-hmm. uh, uh, Damn it, McCoy. Yeah, we've Damn got. It, by the way, we have the entire cast of the Enterprise here to help you with your story. Oh, that's excellent. Okay. Well, so let's talk so, about the the doc. <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor comes in and is talking to Shatner about his Chihuahua. Yes, a chihuahua. Is this I think on the, the show, was, or is this the, uh, the, the he's actor? relating Shatner's relating um, this story uh, that he had with DeForest Kelly, you know, on the set one day between takes or something along those lines. Oh, okay, DeForest, yeah, he's having a problem with his chihuahua. Chihuahua. And does he and, say, uh, "Damn it, damn it, I'm a captain, not a doctor"? No. <laughs> That's not a dog, it's a rat. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what Shatner says. And that he's like, that's that's not a dog, that's a rat. I have Dobermans, and my Doberman could eat your little chihuahua. And so Shatner explains that one day he comes in and uh and that DeForest Kelly is looking really down in the dumps, just not feeling good about anything at all. And he says, D, what's going on? What's wrong? He says, Oh, Bill, my uh my chihuahua died. He says, Oh no, I'm so sorry. And he knew how important it was to him. He says, yeah, um, he was out. It was over the weekend and he was out running around in the yard and he was just running and he ran into a sprinkler head and he died. (laughs) And and a woman laughs like like you just did. Just laughs. And he points to her and he says, that's what I did. I laughed out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And I just couldn't stop laughing. And DeForest (laughs) Kelly wouldn't talk to me for a week after that. Hated me for weeks after that. Well, that's they, a lot of people didn't like the captain. Did he talk anymore about like his feuds with different cast members? Or? No, but you know, one of the things I've read is that you know they were so the the main folks was of course Shatner and Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly, um, and then they would have what they what was known as the day players, which meant you only got paid if you were on the set that day. Oh, for the if you were written into that episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. written into it if you had a few lines and um and in one of the books shatner you know that he wrote shatner explains that he uh, was interviewing and talking with nichelle nichols and they had this you know long several hour conversation that they had recorded and he says oh thank you nichelle i appreciate it i'm going to pack up and she says oh no no you got to s- sit here and listen to me tell you why i despise you and what? Like, what? <laughs> and and she goes on to explain she's like bill you know you were a great actor and you really protected the the show and your character and you were always fighting for the show and that often meant that you would turn and say you know what you hurry doesn't need to say that line i can say that line we don't have to we don't have to do that and and she, and she explained to him that you have no idea what that meant to me because that would mean that i didn't have a line to say that day you know right. I, I i that eliminated me from the show and they might bring me back the next day or anything like that and he would do this he would um you know and and, and to a lesser extent, Nimoy would as well, and he was oblivious to it. Right. You know, you were popping that mic that. occasionally, so you got to. I'm sorry, it's okay. Wait. And uh, you pull back and just a hair. I'll turn you up. Will do. Uh, right. I just get excited. Talking. Yes. <laughs> I really do. Um, I'm thrilled yeah. to be here with me too. I totally understand. <laughs> I appreciate the compliments. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, but you know, he he 
belatedly found out that the cast, the uh, uh, George Takei, most famous, well, and actually Jimmy, he Dillon didn't know played Scotty. He wasn't aware. He was uh-huh. he was blindsided by all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you read as as much as I have read about the making of that original series and and how that show came about and how it went, you really find out that all the people involved really admired his acting, the way he approached it, mm-hmm. how he mm-hmm. came to it, and and he was a very much a leading man, and he treated it very seriously. And you look at the episodes and you realize he's giving it all. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's doing something with a crap script and he's still giving it all with a great glance or a look or a smirk and but uh he, he 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 belatedly found out that he wasn't as liked as he thought he should have been <laughs> and uh, and it re- ruined some friendships like uh, jimmy doing never forgave him they never really developed any sort of a friendship after the after the show ended uh, i mean they worked together of right, course right. in some of the movies it, but that did, was about it did William act like this bugged him a little bit? Did, was, did it he did. share that? It did. Okay. It did. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Very, he's a very introspective, he's a very, um, for most part, a sensitive person. And I, listen, I've, you, Bob, and, and I'm sure you're the others have, have been around celebrities and that. Uh, and there's. Some you know, of them are I, just I, totally. Bill Shatner was a dirty bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's. I think they're they're sensitive. They want to be liked. Shatner wants to be liked, and that, and he's looking for that. And he, when he would speak, he wanted to, to you know, he's he's looking into people's eyes. He wants to see their reaction. He wants yeah. to know that yeah, he's yeah. getting a laugh. That and you connected engagement. with him, right? Oh, so, very much so. Yeah, a couple t- times. T- tell me about those times. We talked about flying. Uh, he 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 had been in the seventies or so. He had been doing dinner theater or something in in near Palm Beach, Florida, and he decided to. He was passing by an airport every day. It's like, oh, that sounds like fun. I think I'll do that. And he soloed in 10 hours, which is kind of a low number. Yeah. And uh, um, Didn't I solo in like 102.5 hours? <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. And you could have soloed much earlier too, but you you were extra Very careful. Very cautious, yeah. And that, I think I did in 14, but, uh, you know, b- way back in the Maybe day. Maybe I was 20 he, he something. I forget that. how many hours it was. It's written down somewhere. And so I went ahead and I said, oh, I, you know, I became a pilot, you know, in large part because of Star Trek and whatnot. And he's like, oh, really? And, you know, he started talking about you know, the freedom of flight and how it feels and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And and what was particularly special for me was now I kind of expect him to do that. He's being paid to sit there and talk with folks and he's going to he's just not going to really Can you tell us how much you paid him to? Uh, it's a, a buck fifty, about fifteen hundred dollars. That and seems like a bargain. That's fifteen buck fifties, but I got you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. See, you you got the math. You yeah. can do the math. I mean, the buck fifty from my uh, Peruvian marching powder days yeah. was one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Wow, wow, and you know, and I'll tell you, it was well worth it. Oh, of Absolutely course, yeah, well worth it. Experience and, of a lifetime. Know, and, yeah, and one of the things you talk about being engaged. So, and by know, the way, talking- I don't. I've known very few people in their nineties who were entirely like totally you know a total brain all the way there and physically all the way there too i mean i've known people like lisa's dad in his 90s his brain was wonderful but he physically couldn't get around uh that well shatner had physicality oh yeah he you know he could get now mind you we'd go into a room and he'd he'd be the first one to sit down he's he's looking for chair and he's lost some weight he had gotten pretty big uh yeah you know, um, after after in the late eighties and nineties and whatnot, yeah. but I, I guess in ninety, Denny Crane put on a few big. pounds. Uh, they needed a right. crane for Denny Crane after a while. 
just to get me out of my chair. But we get up and we're going to go to the we're going to go to engineering now. We're going to go talk in in the engineering halls and uh, you know and he and we're walking out and he kind of tugs on my sleeve and he says, "So what kind of planes do you fly?" And you know and I told him that I hadn't been flying for a while and stuff about what ratings and he explained that and that's totally optional. He does not have he to. Have he to doesn't do have that, to no. engage with me at that no, point. You've already got and, your fifteen hundred bucks. He does. But <laughs> at this point, but I realized this is he wants this. He wants he that wants kind of interactiveness. Yeah. He wants to have that. And so we go into engineering and apparently throughout the weekend he had been picking out somebody to basically have a fight with because that's a big part of what shatner did in the original series was uh, by the, the way I, I i know you're about to tell this is a great story but i've been watching the new star trek and they're back it, like star trek was batman and robin it was pow bam mm -hmm. boom they yeah. would beat each other up a lot of styrofoam and then uh, in next generation it got much more civilized and uh and they're sort of back to that you know the what I would call the tribal battle aspects of our culture, and so this that makes this story even more poignant. Oh yeah, well, the, the for the folks who are hardcore Trekkies like myself, it's the original pilot with uh, Christopher Pike and oh. Jeffrey Hunter played the captain was rejected by NBC as being too cerebral, too too highbrow for yeah. for primetime television, but they they liked it enough this to go back to the producer Rod Gene Roddenberry and say try again and but give us a little bit more action give us some tna along with it as well and, <laughs> and, and that's exactly what they did and you look there and the, you know there's there's bill shatner with the the judo chops and the punches and the fly and this trademark flying kicks right. and uh, and of course the the incredible um uh costumes uh by william Wertheis. um and so uh so he he wanted to demonstrate some of that and he picks out this big guy who I, i've since become friends with his name's john and he's there red in, shirt in engineering red, red shirt yeah. red shirt red big, shirt, of big course. guy maybe six foot three or yeah. four and, and you know what the red shirters are today we call them anti-vaxxers <laughs> <laughs> well he's going to take out this anti-vaxxer and he just explains how to do a stage punch and that and and he you know shows how you cock your arm back and it doesn't really matter if you make any sort of a connection with the face it's all about timing and 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 where the camera's at and and Shatner, one of the acting gifts Shatner has is he always knows where the camera's at and what's going right. to be on camera and whatnot mm. and and he and he does, he shows three times punching this guy and I I took pictures of it and it looks and great. he's not he, actually hitting him but it looks that way right? it looks that way and of course the guy reacts properly and everything and uh and and then he goes ahead and he rubs his other shoulder his collarbone he says you'll have to forgive me last week i was riding a horse and i got thrown and i cracked my collarbone so, so your 90 year old starship retired captain still rides horses that's still rides. he's big he's big into horse riding that's yeah. his thing Horse riding and uh but yeah no he, he had had a great and we finally went to the bridge and he sits in the captain's chair which yeah. is just you know i'm in geek heaven here yeah. and but he's having this great conversation about um the universe in the sense of dimensions like there's zero dimensions zero dimensions is a dot and one dimension is a line and two dimensions is is a square and three dimensions is a box and we're, we're talking all about this and he and at the same time he is talking about how he has a new show uh, it's called uh, I Don't Understand. I think that's the name of it. He's Wait a minute. And, William Shatner has a new show? Oh, he's yeah. always doing something. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I 
what is good. It, is it on like uh, pay TV? What is it on? Do you know? I think it's on RT, Russia Today or whatever. I think it's on RT is the distributor of it, which caused a little bit of controversy recently. But he he, he had no idea it was going to be on RT. But that's the we call that's RT the, the final frontier. It's Russian state-run TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a big cable channel. You can get it here in the United States. It's pretty popular. But uh, he, he, so he's like, oh, I have the show. It's called I Don't Understand. And he says, and I love these kind of conversations. And I realized he's he's hawking his show a little. Yeah, oh, of course. And yeah. uh, and uh, and then. Um, you know, and we're having this wonderful conversation. And I, in fact, at this point, I engaged him. I said, well, that's, whole, that's the kind of the point is that we don't understand. And that's what drives human evolution. And that's our quest for understanding and, and taking our, our knowledge of our current and trying to figure out the future and blah, blah, blah. And, and we went back and forth with this. And it was fascinating. And it was great. And before you know it, the whole the hour that we were on the bridge is, is almost up. And this one guy, probably from New Zealand, based on the accent. And wearing a uh, Captain Kirk uniform, like I was. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> and by the way, there's a picture of you sitting in the captain's chair. That There's several of them. I'm sure you used a roll of a digital film. But uh, there's one where you lean just like Kirk. And you kind of have an uncanny resemblance to him. Someone else said that, and I thought they were crazy. Mm. But the fact that you say it now, now I know you're. Just yeah, I, I need it. I need I that photo it. so we can put it on the podcast. Uh, Close, but no cigar. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I had a lot of fun, and you feel the character when you're in the character. But this guy from New Zealand, he comes in and he says, "So, Mr. Shatner, I've been wanting to ask you, what did you think?" When you were doing Star Trek Two, how did it, did you know how successful it was? And the whole air went out of the room because we knew it's like, oh man, none of us had asked him about Star Trek at this point. You know, right, we, we right, were just right. there to. It's almost to it's almost to. being cool not to ask him yeah. about specific exactly, stuff. and we're expecting him to turn around and say, "Come on, get a life." But you know, instead, he masterfully he goes ahead and says, "You know, I thought when we were filming it, it was pretty good." And in fact, right now I've I've just finished this album. Uh, and, uh, and he talks about he says, Christmas carols and it's all exactly and he says I think it's the best album I've, I've ever, ever done. done I really do and that I think it's the really great did he play album. the album no he did not but he dropped he's like oh Ben Folds is a producer and, and, collaborate oh my God. On, and he drops all these names and he says you know what and I think I'm doing as good a work on that as I did on, on Star Trek 2 but I want you to buy the album and you tell me whether you think That's I'm it. right about it or not. And he was self-defacing <laughs> and all that. Oh, yeah. And I'm going, wow, this is masterful. He has just pitched his out his his record. Everyone in that room is going to go and get that album now just to because Did you, you know, buy the album? Engaged. Not yet. It's I don't think it's available yet. Yeah, leave it on your to-do list for a while till the whole novelty wears <laughs> off of meeting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe you can hear it on Spotify. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, it's an amazing uh, story. But before uh, before we finish, I, I, I want to ask you a little about what you do, because what you do is massively in the news. And I realize that, you know, probably this stuff you can and can't say, and you're not necessarily representing your company. Uh, but um, every week or two now on the evening news, we're hearing about companies whose IT systems get hijacked by ransomware. And uh, so far from everything I'm hearing, if this happens to your company, you have to pay. It's not like you can just call the digital police and, you know, uh, computer CSI will solve the thing in 45 minutes. It, it sort of feels like now everyone needs an armored guard 
around their corporate assets. And then also those of us personally who want to protect our computers obviously should have some kind of uh, thing. And I will plug uh, the company you work for, Malwarebytes. I've been saying it wrong forever. I thought they had little kiosks in the mall and it was called Malwarebytes, but it's not. <laughs> um, and, and, and so uh, tell me a little bit, because this is almost like uh, Star Trek was a Western, you know, with uh, cops and robbers and cowboys and Indians. The internet, human nature abounds the best and the worst parts of human nature and the internet now basically has rogue bands of pirates trying to rip you off or hold your data hostage and get paid and this is a state real thing sponsored some of the yeah. state sponsored bands, the russians yeah. bands of things the same people that are putting captain kirk back on tv i don't get yes. it. yeah <laughs> i think it was uh, february or march we talked about uh, the the hacking that i was very you know in the news about well, a lot of and when agencies. i asked you about it that then, was china you did sort of say there's a lot i can't say because i called you like in the middle of the class five hurricane right yeah and i definitely could not talk about it then but, can you talk uh, a little more then, now like how serious is this Oh, dude. And what should the average person do aside from, you know, getting some antivirus software? And again, if you I, like Chuck, you it's called Malwarebytes. Malwarebytes, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great company. And one of the things we do great is... And is you're not the company ransomware. with that crazy man who uh, moved out of the country. <laughs> yeah, who just uh, died in prison. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. Although, to be fair to McAfee, they, he hasn't been associated with that company for like 25 years Forever, or something. It's been right. quite a while. But, you know, you it's like famous. About, He's like famous Amos in that regard. You're right. You mentioned <laughs> Star Trek and uh, uh, Cowboys and Indians. One of the original pitches for Star Trek was it was going to be Wagon Train to the Stars. Remember yeah. the Wagon Train show wagon from the 60s? And uh, it was going to be it was going to be that with a different wow. guest star each week. That was one of the pitches for it. But anyway. I'll take names uh, that would never have worked for 500, Alex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, uh, and, you know, but ransomware is is the big thing. And what ransomware is, is it's a, it's a piece of software that gets into your machine and says, hey, let's encrypt all your data files. Yeah. And um, and then, but the key, you know, the cryptographic number that can decrypt it is kept by the bad guy. And the bad guy will give you that cryptographic number uh, the, to unlock it if you pay the ransom. And you have to pay the ransom in uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin or one mm -hmm, of the others, of course, because traceable. it's not traceable. Yeah. Or so we thought. <laughs> there are some, it's a public ledger. And that one of the things about cryptocurrency is that it is it, it you can see all the transactions. The the ledger of transactions is all public, but figuring out who's who is the is the hard part. Yeah, uh, but as we found out with some of the more high profile ones, including the um, that energy pipeline, the gas pipeline, uh, a few months ago, the FBI was able to find some of the people involved in the transactions and recover some of the money not all of it um so that you know but, it's, uh, it's uh, always cat and back cat to and how scared should how scared are you personally i uh, not not because um, we don't have anything this is part of a so w w for the ordinarily slob living in uh <laughs> podunk vermont yeah i don't really have i mean uh, this happened to my uh, brother-in-law is that his computer, he clicked on something and his computer started playing this 24-hour message saying, do not shut down your computer. You need to call this number now. And it was, that was like some, you know, browser ransomware, but it hadn't really encrypted anything. And, and what I did was I just 
Googled it while he was freaking out at his house. He called me up, and you could hear the computer in the background go like, "Do not shut down your computer, oh, or all your data will be lost." <laughs> it was coming out of his speakers, and the and we have taken over the volume control of your speakers. You can't turn it off. Wow. And he was like, "I'm afraid to shut down my computer." Have you ever heard of this one? We control the horizontal. We control exactly. the vertical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have heard of similar things. All right. Like so and one anyway. of the reasons why I'm not scared is because A, I use Mauerbytes first. Of course, for you use your own company's software. And yeah. B, I have it. Uh, I have it too. The other reason I is, bought it too. Is, I kept asking for a free one, I'm, but I'm so sorry. Bob. You know, it's okay. It's <laughs> I have a trial. I feel guilty because I'm no longer on the radio. We have. You know, a fraction of the number of if, if I had hundreds of thousands of listeners, you know, um, I, I used to get used to so much free stuff because I yeah. was helping promote it. It still felt a little bit wrong. <laughs> nah. uh, but you know, anyway, it, so it's a transactional nature. You talk about the product, right. we should give you yeah, the product. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, well, the whole thing is also the other big thing is one of the reasons I'm not concerned is because all my stuff is in the cloud. Now, you might think that that's counterintuitive, but it's not. I can always get a backup off yes, of yes, OneDrive yeah. or Google Drive, things yeah. like that. And so I don't, if someone would come along and to go ahead they and destroy do, everything, then you, stuff, you reboot I'm, I'm and you good. wipe the hard drive and you redo your computer. Got it. Exactly. And everybody should actually, and it's a sneaky, tricky way that Google and Apple and Dropbox and all these companies get you to have yet another subscription. Uh, but if you want all your photos, your family digital heirlooms, if you will, the mm -hmm. digital jewels of your back them up, your, your family nutsack, because you uh, can lose a hard drive. Yeah. yeah, so it's always good to do that. Uh, so that's interesting. In the case of my uh, brother-in-law, what I did is I Googled what the thing was saying, and it said it was a browser thing, and that all I, and it gave me some instructions on how to basically, you know, shut it down and disable it in the browser, and it went away. And when the, when the voice stopped, he was like, wow, it's over. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but it's like under siege. Yeah. That's personal terrorism. It is. Yeah, it, it is. is. And, and there's a radio company I used to work for. Um, I don't want to give their name, uh, but we used to call them Rear Intercom. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Ha, how appropriate <laughs> uh, and they've changed the name since so hopefully no one will take it personally but um, anyway uh, the word is and it's just it's word on the street but the word is when their ransomware happened hijacked all their billing all their logs it basically because radio stations all run off computers now right it basically shut them down there were like people running into the building with you know cart uh, old uh, CDs and throwing cart songs machines. on and <laughs> and um, you know I don't I don't know if it's printed anywhere but the, the word is they had to pay the ransom millions of dollars you know a, a quick story that that you guys might relate to given your radio background we uh, one of our customers um, uh, not at the current company but a previous security company I worked with is um, a large chain of Canadian radio stations hmm. and uh, they were having problems with the software and uh, we said, oh, okay, well, this is what you have to do. You have to reboot the machine, and um, and when it boots up, you press this key and stuff. And the guy goes, well, hold it. You realize that, that we're, that's, in the, that's in the Northern Territories. No one's going to be at that machine for another two months. 
nobody can reach it <laughs> there's wow. no way we're, we're going to be able to press a key on the keyboard and i'm like geez i said well what happens if the power fails he says the power doesn't fail there we have all sorts of protection against that and they had all sorts of requirements around the machines have to be up and running because of reporting regulations and stuff like that it was sending data about the transmitters and things like that it's like okay and we got a quick lesson in how important it is to keep machines up and running and to keep them self-healing and whatnot because of this Canadian radio station system. All right, uh, Chuck, hang out, because I want to tell a couple more stories before we head out. And and Ed actually needs some uh, personal um, advice (laughs) and companionship from the show. Mm. Um, And and I thought it was really nice of you to... uh, Zip, did you see that message? Yes. Okay, good. I, I thought it was really nice of you to ask us, and uh, we should probably include Chuck on this, too, because, um, well, Ed is, he's the youngest member of our show. Um, he has never married, and uh, and please don't interpret this in any of the wrong ways, because I've gotten to know him really well, and uh, I know a lot of couples uh, with large age differences, but for some reason... Um, most of Ed's girlfriends are just aging out of the Olympic skateboard competition. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So usually there's a two in front of their age, which is good. Uh, And and you are one, uh, you are monogamous. You are a one-woman man. Yes. But you have, uh, you know, if I remember the story correctly, you one time were very in love with someone, almost got married. Yes, I've been engaged, yes. You've been engaged, but it mm-hmm. didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And since then, you have not got married. No, no, no. And how is it, before we get into your specific question, how is it that uh, you always seem to gravitate, or maybe they always gravitate to you? Is it the voices? Is it the... <laughs> In my head, that, that tell me it's possible. <laughs> it could be that. <laughs> no, do you no. entertain um, these gals? And they... no, I. You cannot approach somebody of that age when you're my. Age. <laughs> start doing <coughs> Star Trek can't. voices. It doesn't no. work. No, <laughs> it doesn't work. No. But, so how you know. is it you get these gals in their twenties and you're in your? Well, I don't think they know they're gals in their 20s. But, uh, I know. I've gotten in trouble for using the word gals last uh, week. That's okay. I can't no, I, I, you know, I will think that it's just a, a conversation, and then uh, I'll realize that the energy is <laughs> completely different from So you're platonic. caught by surprise. So, uh, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. And, uh, and when, I first, when we first started working on podcasting and even thinking about potentially going on the radio, which thank God we didn't do, um, <laughs> You had a, a girlfriend you'd had for a while. Then you guys broke up, mm. and now you again have someone very special in your life. And it's been how long? A couple years? Year and a half? Two? Yeah, less than two. Just less than two. Yeah. And um, do you live together? No, we don't. But uh, she, because she lives out of state, she does stay for extended periods. Okay. Of time. And so your question to us today was... And she, she does work in Michigan. It, it's, it, I guess I need some keys to cohabitation because I work full-time behind a microphone from about, you know, depending on the day, it can be 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, or 
as in tonight when I said, hey, you want to start at 9.30 instead of yeah. 10. You said, oh, okay, I, I'm in the middle of something, but uh, it's not going well, so I can do it. <laughs> so you really are like a doctor on call for surgery with your voices. Yeah, it's true. And when NBC, have, you know, an NBC affiliate has some newly um, Olympic sponsors that they've signed on, you have to have them ready to go. Immediately. You have to the get Olympics them to, aren't yeah. going to wait for Ed Kelly to finish. That's true. Hanging That's out true. with his young squeeze. So, so yeah. <laughs> but a lot of it's care. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, that elegant uh, statement. Um, now, what it is, is I, it, with character work, you really have to get into a zone. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you've got to find the character. And once you're there, you, you have that momentum going. It's like you can't really have that concentration broken. So, like, uh, on the door, <laughs> and it's like, not. Not now. You don't understand. I'm the captain of a starship. I'm trying to concentrate. I'm being attacked. You know. Yeah. And uh, it's just only for only you'd be doing video game voices, right? And or some of those. or commercial reads yeah. or whatever right. the the plethora of things that I, I'm involved in, and I just can't seem to get get it established that this so, is a sacred space. So your situation is unique. You're not just asking about cohabitation. Yeah. You're asking about I work from home. Right. And when I'm cohabitating. How do I create work from home boundaries, which I think is this is Zip's uh, this is Zip's forte. To take. But do you want to give him the bad news, Zip, or should I just? <laughs> what? what bad news? Well, oh, okay. So, Zip, how do you uh, how do you create that work life balance, and what do you say to Jeannie so that you guys live in perfect harmony? Uh, we both are workaholics. I've yeah. come to the conclusion. Oh, really, yeah. is Quite Lizzie honestly. a workaholic? She absolutely is, but she works off site. Yeah. <laughs> So, so when she's yeah. home, she thinks it's home. Yeah, okay. or here, my home, anyway. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So I have a question, if I can command. Sure. Um, so, Ed, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when they have long-distance relationships or, you know, when people live apart like that, they do it because they really want to have their relationship at arm's length. Mm. And when mm. it's not, it's a different relationship. The whole calculus has changed. <laughs> so, so I guess the... So I guess the difficult thing is to carve out your workspace. Yeah. Um, here's how I carve it out with Lisa. I record the podcast after she goes to bed. I'll <laughs> <laughs> miss out on everything. Everybody's happy. So if yeah. you would just work from midnight to 4 a.m., I think yeah. your problems are all solved. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but she sounds... I, I, yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you, I manage a team around the world, and we, you know, with the pandemic, we all wound up working from home, and, and, and there were some people who already had home offices, and then there were other people who were like working from their dining room table, yeah. surrounded by their four kids who were screaming uh, all the oh, time, and, yeah. and you spend all day in meetings, and you hear all this noise and this racket behind them, and you go, how do you get anything done? It's, it's, it's a challenge. It's uh, some of my employees, they have their, their spouses are also in computers, and they're working out of the same office and you know home office it's it, it can be crazy Everyone's, so it's a very challenging time so you've told her i just need to not be interrupted while i'm working right yeah it's 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 uh, and sometimes it works and sometimes most of the time actually it yeah. does not yeah well uh, i wish i could help you with women <laughs> <laughs> or relationships yeah is, um, is she like a, a big time early to rise type uh, no, in fact, she's a bit of an insomniac. So, whereas I, I'm still morning man hours, and I, I will get up as early as six, six thirty, whatever, and I have at it. So I'll go out and, you know, and she'll just stay, stay down, which is fine unless she goes. Hey. 
in the middle of the take. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because my bedroom yeah. and my my recording studio are, are one. It doesn't you sound know? like you have any serious serious problems. No, it's yeah. not. Let us no. know when you do, though, because we'll bring Okay, in, thanks. I'm we'll glad get, you, you're salivating. Bring in an expert. No, I would get <laughs> someone who knows what they're talking about. Okay, yeah. uh, before we go, two other things. I have a, a wonderful story from Alice Cooper and a story about the, the Olympics today. And to be honest, I'm not watching the Olympics the way my mm-hmm. wife is. Mm-hmm. Uh, to her, the Olympics is just captivating reality television. She likes sports. Yeah. That's great. And she likes the dreams and the hopes and the... Um, Build-ups. And the, the crashes stories. and the yeah. injuries, all of those things. The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. Exactly. So today she goes, come on, you got to come in, you got to see this. And I'm like, what is it? She goes, I wasn't even aware that skateboarding was a sport. <laughs> it is now. And I thought, well, it's like, I think it's harder than skiing. And that the skateboard track is harder than snow. So I think oh, it's yeah. a sport. Yeah. So a- anyway, she dragged me in to watch, and it was the finals. And I got to watch, you know, the, the medalists do their final round. And there's an interesting story there. Have you got, did you guys see any of this or hear about it? Mm-mm. No. How long do you suppose skateboarding has been an Olympic sport? I was looking. I was going to see. Was it 1896? No. Um, it was pretty recently. Yeah. Two years. 2016. Okay. Oh. Right. So um, it's real new. And I guess the thinking behind it is we always have to get younger people interested in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Do you know how old you have to be to be in the Olympics? I don't. I'm going to say 12. It's a good guess on your part because now it's true. But for all other sports, it's 16. When they introduced skateboarding, they did not create an age. You could be Uh one. (laughs) Strap a baby to the board and roll it into the Olympics. (laughs) And by the way, (laughs) I don't want any of you TikTok guys to get any ideas. He sure needs to come with a disclaimer. Yeah. So um, Lisa pulls me in and we're watching these kids. And I'm looking at them and going, these are really young kids. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it was looking like it was going to be a Japan sweep of skateboarding. And I guess that would make sense. Japanese kids are, you know, trendsetters and everything. And they were first to text and you know they probably in all their big cities have tons of skateboard parks but it wasn't a sweep a british gal got the bronze and um and she's sort of turning into one of these you know one of those heroes endorsement deal girls oh she's by the way yeah she got one you didn't what's that nike Ah, <laughs> rub my nose. In By the way, way, remember the nice things you said about me, Chuck? I'm an ass sometimes. <laughs> oh, no. Se- second the but motion, all in favor? Way. Yeah, you're now, funny about it. Yeah, she's already uh, she's already uh, hired by Nike. Hmm. She uh, so two out of the three were Japanese, and this gal, Sky Brown, is her name. Perfect, you know. I mean, Michael Jordan. Oh, that, that's a stage name. It's a perfect stage name. 
Sky Brown is 13 years and 28 days old. Oh, my God. She would have been the youngest ever in Olympic history, except Kokona Hiraki, who won the silver, the Japanese gal, was 12. <laughs> Jeez. But she oh, was, but, but when I say 12, yes. um, you have to count the days. I think she was like, you know, six weeks younger than Sky Brown. <laughs> And so, um, so watching this was fascinating, partly because, and this is weird, but I, you know, when adults are doing dangerous things, if they get hurt, they're adults. Right. It felt weirder and riskier to watch kids. Yeah. Potentially get hurt. What was that movie where the kids uh, kill each other? Um, Lord of the Rings. No, 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 no. The one, the one uh, where in the future it's entertainment and they all go the Hunger Games. Oh yes. So uh, this wasn't as bad as that. They weren't killing each other. But uh, anyway, this gal is just totally ready for a cereal box. <laughs> but there were a couple of uncomfortable moments as mm -hmm. she gets up to go. You know, every performer has a song, right? Mm -hmm. Like when yeah. a baseball player comes out, they're going right. up to bat and they have, they have a song. The song for her was by the Stone Roses. Do you know that band? No. None of us do. We're all mm -hmm. too old. Yep. Um, the song was called She Bangs the Drums. And it was released 19 years before Sky Brown was even born. <laughs> 22 years ago. Or I'm mean, 32 years ago. Anyway... The lyrics were, kiss me where the sun don't shine. Oh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's past was yours, but the future's mine. And I thought, well, that's a little odd. <laughs> Nothing well, to see here. And the name's Sky Brown. Yes. Uh, yes. Just uh, <laughs> but, 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 that's just us. But, uh, no but. Her, her, her story is amazing. Her parents are amazing. They keep her protected from the press. Good. And they also did not want her to fall to the pressure so they kept telling her we don't care if you win it's just a game it's not a, a you know it's not a value of who you are i mean seriously mm -hmm. the entire skateboard run is 45 seconds wow and i learned uh, about some of the things they do hand plants nose grinds aerials, leaps, twists, spins, and flips. And one of the hardest things that they do, and a bunch of them fell down, by the way. Mm -hmm. And Sky fell once, I believe, doing this too. The sky uh, is falling. Yes. Uh, the, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if it's, if it's called the... Uh, I don't know which of those terms it is, but when you go up in the air with your skateboard... You take the skateboard completely off yourself and hold it right. up like in front of your face, right? And then you put it back down and land on it before you hit the mm -hmm. concrete. You're getting, getting airtime, as they say. Crazy, crazy! It looked impossible. And uh, and by the way, Sky Brown was losing because her scores weren't quite enough, and these uh, three Japanese skateboarders were way ahead of her, and. Right after she did a fantastic run that they were even saying it's not going to be enough, the next gal, the Japanese gal, got up. I'm sorry, I'm calling 12-year-olds gals. It's just I can't mm -hmm. help it. <laughs> and, she, um, and she did one of those falls on that thing, which cut her score, and let Sky Brown get the bronze. Hmm. And I found myself thinking, 
wow, this is exciting. And if I was in my teens, <laughs> who was the woman that uh, uh, Eddie Van Halen married? Valerie Bertinelli. Bertinelli, yeah. yeah. She's almost got like a Valerie Bertinelli kind of look. Oh, she was cute. She's super, yeah, absolutely. And incidentally, I don't know if this is a secret or not, but she's also Japanese. It's just that her grandparents live in Britain, and she ended up competing for Britain. Oh, wow. Yeah, country of origin. Yeah. It's <laughs> like if my next-door neighbor uh, had a grandson from Kenya. <laughs> I had him running the Boston Marathon for me. He's a Boston guy. <laughs> That's right. So He qualified. Anyway, I thought... At least it was like, is skateboarding really a sport? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard. You know what isn't a sport? Playing pool or poker. You know, and, not- why, and how is it in equestrian events the riders take home the cups? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I, yeah, riding the mechanical bull should also be an Olympic yeah, game. Then. Shouldn't the horse get something other than a feedback? So. Well, I'm just glad beach volleyball is is a uh, an event. Is that that's not an Olympic sport, is it? It is. Very oh, much yes, so of Olympic course, sport. It is. big deal. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I've been enjoying it. In uh, NBC is providing it in glorious 4K resolution. You can see the individual <laughs> grains of sand on the on the tot. Now, can you get uh, that on, without a subscription? <laughs> Uh, I'm using Google TV to. Oh. Prov- oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I misspoke. I'm getting fiber soon to the house, and YouTube that's when I'll do that. TV and YouTube yes. TV allows yeah. me to select the sports I'm interested in, and it yeah. just goes ahead and records them yeah. and makes them available to me for my viewing pleasure. So I can stop and rewind every time one of those girls makes a, yeah. a diving dig and. You have very good internet fly. connection, right? I do, yeah. and a really big TV to enjoy it on. Yeah, see, I have a big TV. Uh, but I have a very thin pipe. Basically, All about size with you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no girth to my yeah. internet connection. Yes. And basically, if I want to watch stuff in 4K, yes. they might as well install one of those coin boxes like at the laundromat. <laughs> so I just plug in $5 worth of quarters every time well, I watch it. Like a big, beautiful house yeah. and yeah. a smallish TV. I've and got a Motel 6 monitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however... Uh, and soon, guys, when I get fiber, we are getting fiber. And when that yeah. happens, we will uh, also be, you know, creating a Zoom video camera YouTube thing to go with okay. the show. So you'll have to look at our faces. How long are we from that? I got to call my surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, it's funny. They said three to six months. I, I don't want to jinx it. Because after watching Bill Maher talk about how it took him six years to get solar panels put up at his house, wow. I feel like if I talk about it. Yeah, I'm jinxing it. But they said three to six months and we're four months in. And I just got a text the other day that uh, we've been approved. Our poll permits are approved uh, by the power company. So that's a big hurdle. Permits. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're you're essentially stringing up a public utility. Yeah. a, A little bit out of their range. You know me. I always like to live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm always on the cutting edge, the bleeding edge. Always. Pushing the envelope. Okay, uh, one more thing. And thank you so much for being with us tonight, Chuck. Yes. Oh, my pleasure. I know those guys like Denny Crane more than Captain Kirk. But just just a 90-year-old guy that can still, like, show you how to throw a punch on TV. That's pretty cool. He's like you guys. He's a he's an entertainer, and the thing I love about listening to you guys is that you 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 make people laugh, you engage people, you make them think, and 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 
give give them you know enjoyment, and that's what I got. Chuck from will him. be joining us every week now, folks, <laughs> on the show every week. But Chuck, uh, please don't say engage. <laughs> yes. Oh, is that is that going to happen at some point? Ed? <laughs> Who knows? She's listening. Who knows what tomorrow she'll bring? Oh, it's up to her and you both together. That's true. Both there are worse candidates. It. I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she sounds spectacular. She sounds spectacular. Okay. <laughs> Um, I looked that up. <laughs> I have been raving about McCartney three two one, which is the show that uh, Zip recommended on Hulu. Yeah. It's it's just astounding. And, and by the way, Zip, I find myself still thinking about things he said every day, Paul McCartney, because he was so intimate about how he felt making the Beatles music. And I ran across this story today. I figured I'd share it with you. It is a story that Alice Cooper tells about John Lennon and Brian Wilson. Hmm. Alice says he was sitting backstage after the 1974 Grammys with Bernie Taupin. You all know that's the guy who wrote Elton John's lyrics. And John Lennon. Wow. Back then, Brian Wilson was not of great health. He was having some uh, mental you know, issues mental yeah. issues and stuff. But anyway, they're sitting there, and during the course of the conversation, Alice Cooper sees Brian Williams out of the corner of his eye. Brian Williams? I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> that's funny. Can you do this Brian This is Brian Williams. I'm here with Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Wilson, excuse me. Yes. And um, finally, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys comes up to the table, bends down, and whispers in Alice Cooper's ear, Hey, Alice, would you do me a favor? Would you introduce me to John Lennon? Wow. And Alice Cooper says, I couldn't believe that these two men had never met. They were virtually neck and neck in the 60s as the greatest bands on the planet, and I'm sure they must have crossed paths at some point, but then Alice Cooper, he says, I thought to myself, wow, I'm going to be the one to introduce John Lennon and Brian Wilson. And it'll become a part of rock history. So he looks over and he says, uh, Brian Wilson, this is John Lennon. John Lennon, this is Brian Wilson. And Lennon looks over and he's very cordial and polite. And he says, hello, Brian. I've always wanted to meet you. I've always admired your work. And Paul and I considered Pet Sounds to be one of the best albums ever made. Brian thanks them, and then he walks away. At which point, John Lennon just goes right back to his conversation like nothing had happened. Hmm. Which seemed a little weird to Alice Cooper. But about ten minutes later, Brian Wilson comes by the table again, leans down and whispers something to Bernie Taupin. And Bernie Taupin says... Brian Wilson, this is John Lennon. John Lennon, meet Brian Wilson. <laughs> and Lennon says, it's really nice to meet you. I've always admired your work. Short attention span theater. As soon as Brian walked away, John looked yep. at both of us and said, I've met him hundreds of times. He's not well, you know. All were impressed by John's empathy and kindness, basically. Uh, well, Brian Wilson had schizophrenia, didn't he? Yes. You know, both Chuck and I have dealt with certain psychological issues. I believe mm-hmm. Zip has, has, has... I don't know if Zip's gone quite 
to the uh, Softwall Hotel as much as I have. I think he went to a different hotel. He's With, a guest of the state. He's guest of the state. A guest of the state. Actually, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. I was yeah, guest Sheriff of Joe. Sheriff Joe Arpaio in Maricopa County. And I was in a psychiatric ward uh, as I was going through what I went through to get sober. So, mm-hmm. you know, an amazing thing. And Brian Wilson did eventually get better, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it involved medication. And toured, and, actually. Yeah. And toured, and, you know, and I actually met him once towards the end of my radio career, and, you know, he was a conversational, so. Well, the other thing, he was misled by his therapist there for Big quite time. a while. Oh, really? Yeah. over exploited severely. Yeah. Yeah. Did they give him, like, bad medicine? Just, he was, like, catatonic, as I understood. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Heavily over my All right. So uh, I believe we've uh, worn out our welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Go with your strengths, I say. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for supporting the show. Patreon.com slash Bob Rivers. If you want to email us at any time, show at BobRivers.com. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip. Come together.